covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, wherever you're from. Welcome in to the latest edition of the Inside the Walls podcast. This week's final walkthrough going in for your week 11 matchups here in the National Real League. Zach Kyleman on the mic for the host position for this edition alongside my good buddy, pal, co-host, compadre, compadre, compatriot, whatever you want to call it. He's 900 miles away down in Jacksonville, Florida. It is Jim Mernier. Welcome to the welcome on as usual this show, Jim. Why you have to introduce me? Like, I'm, am I new here? Remember, I have a new tagline. Hashtag Duvalians. Duvalians. You are, yeah. you are quite I indeed. I am a Duvalian. You are indeed a, a, a fully born and raised Duvalian. My, yeah, my born friend. and raised in Duvalian. Lived here for 36 years in Duvalian. And the first time I've ever heard Duvalian was this weekend. I, and, and, and as I am clearly <laughs> known as an Indian Appleite, I, uh, I, I enjoy, I reside there. Indian Apple Light? No, no. I, trust me, Hoosier, Hoosiers across the state are screaming their heads off, or they are doing the scene in SpongeBob where they're going, I sense a disturbance. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> someone just made a massive foul in terms of their in terms of their uh grammar and phonetical choices. So there we go. We're just gonna throw that all out there for this edition, though. Folks, Sorry, well, Hoosier fans. Sorry, I apologize, <laughs> but you're only a basketball school and we don't really care about it. I, it felt ugly saying that. That's the only time I'm ever going to bring that out. So it was for a joke. The joke felt bad coming out. Um, that is a cursed phrase. I'm not using that again. Um, maybe for a compilation, Jim, you can throw it in there, but I'm not, I'm not touching it vocally no. ever again. Um, <laughs> anyway, fo- folks, speaking of speaking of cursed, you know, you know, what's not cursed is uh, the NAL right now. It is a very much a, is very much a chaotic, parody driven league right now everyone has their own i would say stake into the claim of i can be a playoff team i i i know that and we're even saying that with uh you know we've had power ranks with orlando down at six i still think that hey you never know you know remember last year carolina did their own switcheroo and a few signings bang bang boom they're in so anything's possible with this just just got to have some good good luck and some good uh turns of fortune if you will but everyone still is right in the thick of things. And last week, as we talked, some things kind of got muddled even more. The muck is becoming muckier, if you can believe that or not. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, Jim, we we had uh, with some of the transactions, one one stood out. We've been waiting, um, and we'll and I guess might as well talk about that as a news portion here, and we'll and analyze a little more with the matchup we're going to discuss under it. But for those of you that uh, were following the transactions page. One name stands out pretty clearly among the rest uh, that was signed on the 29th. Malik Henry is a Carolina Cobra now. So just just process that a bit. Uh, And for Shark fans, you already know Malik Henry was at the beginning of the season for for at least the first half of the season so far. He had been the starting quarterback before Arvell Nelson. had only it's only been re, only been a few weeks of have passed since he's been had been replaced and then released by the Sharks, um, along with Damian May during that same transaction, and now he lands on his feet. He goes to the what I have what we refer to as the sister team over in Carolina, but a team that we know 
is looking for some depth and maybe the starter here. I'm, I mean, from what we understand, this, this could be the signing that is your starting QB for the Carolina Copras. Very possibly can. We haven't got an official word out right. of Carolina or in our sources, but sign and quarterback like Malik Henry that has experience in the indoor game and in the National Arena League. Yeah, you're you're doing this to put a starting quarterback in a position of need right now for Carolina. And Carolina is in a very tough situation right now from what we can expect. We haven't got official words yet. Um, they're going to try to find a way to put a Band-Aid on the situation. Hopefully it leads them to a championship. Um, but their schedule is tough, and Malik Henry is getting thrown in there to play basically two games against his former team and two games against a team that he's already had familiarity with, with mm-hmm. the Columbus Lions coming to town this weekend as well. So it's going to be a unique couple of games for the Carolina Cobras at this point. And Malik is experienced enough where he can step in and there's talented players on Carolina staff that they may not miss a beat. But if you ask Shark fans early in the season, and if you're Carolina fans and you go, what about Malik Henry? Well, he's not going to throw it to the cutoff guy. He's going to throw it deep all the time. That was very not relevant, not irrelevant. Ev- I don't know how to do that terminology. It- Evident. Evident. There we go. There we go. Ding, ding, ding. Yay. Jim forgets how to speak <laughs> English today. Good. Chapter one. Um, episode 54. Uh, 55. Nice. Excuse nice. Me. Um, no, 56. I forgot what number we're on now. But anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a unique transaction. Um, I think it's a Band-Aid on the situation until if, let's say, Bane. Look, on the, let's say on the positive side, if Bane only twisted his ankle or high ankle sprain, he may be out for a couple of weeks. Um, so Malik may be there to, you know, get Bane back. And if Bane can't come back, um, Malik Henry is a very capable quarterback of leading them to a deep postseason run and possibly mm-hmm. a championship game appearance. But um, it's not panic mode in Carolina, but this type of signing is borderline to that. I think they need to find someone who knows the system. And with Fuller, that's there in um, in Carolina, um, and how his system is, it's like we what Warren Smith told us earlier this year. You've, if you know one system, you know them all because uh, sure. the arena game is so very very similar to each system. So for Carolina, it's key. Um, but if they get Malik Henry from week two, week three, week four of the season, um, Carolina's going to go from the number one seed in the playoffs to can they hold on at the four? Um, but if they get Malik Henry against Columbus, Malik Henry, and Malik Henry against Carolina first game, um, then you get a Carolina team that might win two of the next four, and that's what they need. They just need to win one game, and they're in the playoffs. Sure. But two, two of the next four gets them at least a home game probably. So uh, it's, it's strategy now between them. It's find a way to win the games. You might basically, if you're, you're Carolina, trying to win your next two home games, trying to split, trying to at least split the next four, at least two wins in Carolina, because going in the shark tank will be a very tough task. Um, the next two games, especially against an Arvell team led Jacksonville sharks. And plus Malik might have him want a little bit of revenge on his mind too, but it's a unique move. It's a smart move, more line emergency kind of move, but you have to make it. And it's a very common in the rainy game. We saw it last year with Bain jumping on Jacksonville sharks 
uh, with uh, one week left in the season to make the Sharks try to make the playoffs. Um, so it, it can happen. It's the NAL. It's the arena football. We expect. I am not surprised. And again, I, I, I demanded it last week, chaos. And you know what? I'm giving chaos. Now, see, you ask and I shall receive. So <laughs> that's what's going on right now, in my opinion. Oh, man. I uh, I tell you I that was the, like I said that's the signing I think that was we were all waiting on was okay yeah. who's there because when James Summers you know came in and had to finish that game you know you, no one really has been thinking about you know the depth of Carolina you know they online they have listed an active Gerard Evans but Evans mm-hmm. is clearly not with the team at this point so right. you know Summers of course has stepped in he's played quarterback but you know, you don't want that, you know, you want him focusing on what he does best, which is, you know, playing both sides of the ball, being out there and actively engaged on in the secondary. So yeah, this was going to come large and quickly. Malik Henry clearly, you know, only recently removed from a released from a roster. He's still fresh into this, into the game right now, mid season. Um, and you know, with foot with four, I mean, he he'll, they'll be able to operate. I'll give it that. that. That is, it's it's a QB that you can stabilize the position with that I think has upside. But as of course, Jacksonville fans point out, as soon as I posted about that in the group, same deal, you know, definitely has a cannon, but mm-hmm. you know, you got to be w- wondering how often does he, like you say, lean into a receiver or he focuses too much about the deep threat, doesn't look underneath and let his receivers do all the work, you know, or do his do work at least underneath and with the yards after the catch. So We'll keep an eye on that, and that'll factor into our predictions here when we get into that in a second. Now, the question is, how does that affect our power rankings? That, that's what's going to come down to it. Um, and I'm going to do what Jim usually does. This is a classic swerve. I actually thought about this after we had uh, discussed pre-show. We were going to line up exactly. There is one I will swap. I, I take it back. And uh, we'll, we'll go from it, – it, it's going to be the four and five that you and I are differing on. Um, and I'm, I'm doing this out of respect for the gunslingers and what they've done so far this year. Um, I gave it, I gave it a little thought as we started recording, like, you know what? I can't keep them at that same. And that's why I'm flipping this. Um, Jim and I top three, this is what we got. We've got this week, Jacksonville's at the top. Um, and that's also coming on the, on the heels of that Carolina loss and the fact with Jonathan Bain, his uncertainty with his health situation. So it just kind of knocks down. Jacksonville's also, if you're not, if it's not San Antonio, it's them being the hottest team in the league right now. So they get jumped to the top and they're seem like that they have right now, the best well-rounded of the rosters at least. And they've proven themselves with multiple different wins. Uh, number two, Carolina, they're going to be getting that number three, Albany. So they bump up one um, for at least both him and I, and that just comes, you know, they got stopped the bleeding, but they, you know, Carolina still has wins over them. And, I think out of respect for that, we give Carolina the two because we can't knock them all the way down yet. You know, they still have the record and Malik Henry can still do damage. Now, here's where it's different. I was originally going to go with Col- with Columbus at four with Jim here. And I switched it because I'll, go, I'll be frank, I kept being very uh, hesitant on my San Antonio picks. Last week, They, you know, even with Jonathan Bain getting knocked out in the late fourth quarter, they kept up with them through and through. They did what was necessary to win, and they got the necessary stop in overtime, mind you, to pull this off against what still was, is the 
you know, arguably the, one of the best, if not the best team in the NAL, I got to give them props and put them up at least one more spot before this week. Um, you know, especially Columbus taking a loss in a game that, you know, him and I thought Columbus had the momentum going the right way and they didn't capitalize in the capital region. Um, yeah, this is a last minute audible for me, but I'm bumping them to four. So then Columbus five and Orlando, as we've talked, they are still mar- marred by their uh, issues finishing at six. That's, that's my justification. Again, you, you usually you're swerving. I'm doing the swerve this time. I'm a, I'm turning off the, on the exit ramp with this one. I got to swerve and pick them today this week. So, um, okay. Okay. Um, I like what you had sentiments about Columbus and uh, San Antonio. Uh, I can't have San Columbus down below four yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did. They kind of did rebound and they, you know, stubbed their toe again in Albany. Uh, but San Antonio is to a point right now where they, how they're playing right now, they're going to finish in the top four in the power rankings, no matter what, in my opinion. Oh, sure. How their, how their schedule's going. And for San Antonio fans, you're right there knocking on the door for a postseason berth. And honestly, four weeks ago, we were, if you would have said San Antonio was a playoff team, we would have laughed in your face. Like, no, right. they're not. And now they're that four seed or possibly that three seed that you do not want to face in the playoffs. Um, and that just becomes, well, have we talked before over the last couple of weeks, is how Shaw and how that team has just, they were one play away of winning the last four in the row yeah. being four and oh. Um, but yeah, oh, my, the reason why I have Jacksonville number one, they've won five out of seven. Uh, the reason why I have Carolina number two is the loss of Bain. And yes, it's a steady, they lost close to San Antonio. So it's not like they got blown out. Albany's number three because, well, you win and you don't kind of, you don't hurt your positioning, honestly. Uh, I have Columbus four because I can't have Columbus drop to a team that has a losing record at the point and San Antonio, even though San Antonio might be the hotter team mm-hmm. or they are the hotter team right now. And, and Orlando is just going the opposite direction right now. And all the, the transactions and the news that we've been hearing out in Orlando and the situation with, uh, with Cato, it seems like it's heading the opposite direction that's supposed to be heading at this time in the season. Um, that's why I have them at six. So power rankings are no major changes for us. Well, for me, it's new number ones. Um, but again, power rankings don't mean anything. This is the National Arena League, and the top four teams make the playoffs. We're not the college football playoff committee. You have to mm-hmm. earn your postseason here. No style points. Absolutely. Again, it was uh, like I said, last minute all like last minute all. I understand Jim's points too. That's why I'm sticking there. I'm just I guess uh, this week, and also because like I said, I'm I've been pretty. I've been like the last few weeks. I feel like I've heard some SA fans probably are like get start believing i'm like okay you you get my full support now you know um so this is my prove it show me that i put you at four for a reason type of deal you know this is what i'm doing this week you know i got full faith in robert kenton company out there good vibes i have a a song stuck in my head but i'm afraid if i even mention it we may get flagged um (laughs) believe is in the song and he goes no, I'm not even gonna hum it. It's like would you would you uh say would you say life's a journey, not a destination? Correct. Okay, then that's all we need to know. Great, <laughs> great coding. The YouTube alg- algorithm clearly won't pick up on that phrasing whatsoever. Uh, no. no, clearly not at all. You got flagged for copyright. What for what? You said what a journey. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, you now you did it. Now you did it. 
you, 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 you get, you get flagged. Who's flagging this for copyright? National Marine League. What the heck? You gotta like put a sensor edit in there, like you're ble- like I'm bleeping a cuss word. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, just imagine that. Yeah, that'd be classic. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one thing. Let's let's get into some uh, journeys here in terms of week 11 and what the season has been so far and to go through, you know, kind of preference here, the standings again, I I have to specify that when we say the muck, like last year we were talking about the muck and it was, we were saying that, but Columbus and Albany were running away with the league and it was really a fight for mostly the fourth playoff seed. Like Orlando locked it up really by the end of the year. Um, And it was really a battle between at the time, New Jersey, Jacksonville and Carolina. So it was the muck for one seed guys. We are, we're talking about like a fight for any of these right now. I mean, everything is still at play between all six teams. That is what we are dealing with right now. It is that parody is everywhere. And I love, and we love it. (laughs) We we freaking love it right now. (laughs) No team has clinched a playoff spot. No team has clinched a playoff position. Everything is up for grabs. We do have scenarios that are happening this week, of course, because we are in, we have entered that season where each and every week there will be scenario galore, and we'll have those scenarios posted on our Instagram and our Facebook and our Twitter, so you know what the scenarios are. This week's scenarios just a little have to give you a clear vision. If Carolina wins, they're in. They don't clinch. A, they don't clinch a position. They clinch a playoff berth. They win, they're in, or a San Antonio loss gets Carolina in on the other end of the spectrum. If Orlando loses to Jacksonville, they are officially eliminated from postseason contention. And if Jacksonville does win, it's a five team race for four spots and the muck will get even muckier. If certain, if certain, certain games go the way we may think they go this week. So we got playoff um, implications this week. And if certain things come up in this week, next week, we could have the four playoff team field finalized. Um, but that's just unique. We got four weeks left of football, then we're in postseason play, and we're six weeks away from the NAL championship game. So we're here in stretch. But right now, this week, week 11, Carolina wins, they're in, or a San Antonio loss. If Orlando loses this week to Jacksonville, they are officially eliminated from the NAL playoffs. Those are this week's playoff scenarios mm. presented by Inside the Walls podcast. Total we ourselves. Yeah. We, we fund this entire. We fund that entire section. We can start talking about Pizza Hut and Domino's and go not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> go try this beverage. Well, you're not our sponsor. Oh. That's right. We can't Darn. say that. Yeah. Hang on. Not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, um, so that's this week and some entertaining games, but how we're going to set it up, we're going to do the Saturday games first, and then we'll do the Friday night game in Orlando last as a little pregame for you, our fans for the inside the walls podcast, to get you ready for a week 11 action of the national Marine league is this week when we go down to only five teams in the 2022 season let's find out and let's get going let's start let's say let's go to the alamo in san antonio where the san antonio gunslingers host 
the Albany Empire for the second time in their three games they played this year. Last time, an upset happened. One fan base was mad because they thought referees did something about it. Well, that fan base gets a chance to get the payback. Or does San Antonio win the series against Albany? And by words of a certain co-host on the show said, whoever wins this game makes the playoffs and the loser misses the playoffs. Is that correct? I, I, I will, uh, I will raise my hand and say, yes, that was, uh, that is I, um, that is my bold prediction of the week. I think that this is a sign for whoever is trending in that direction. And I am going to, I'll put that down. Even with Albany stopping the bleeding last week, they stopped a three game losing streak. They got a victory against Columbus. You're going against the hottest team in the league right now in the gunslingers. And quite frankly, you know, this is a first year team. That I think, you know, it's, it's turned a corner. It wants to make an impact in the NAL its first season now. And it's, it's clawed its way back into the conversation and the empire, I think realized, Oh, Oh shoot. You know, we have these guys two times in a row. Can we figure them out now? And can we take advantage then of what at the, of what a few weeks ago looked like? a pretty manageable end of season schedule that that that's where this comes into play for me. You know, this is where I come into is like, look, Albany, I think at least, you know, I, I wouldn't want to take a loss now. I, I think, I think it's better. you I think it's better. You get that win under your belt right now. If I'm them to get that done, you know, yeah, you got Orlando, but you got to finish the season against the gunslingers again, you know, and I wouldn't, I would like to, if I'm Albany, I'd want to get some distance now, possibly, because the gunslingers will keep that pressure up right now. And, and even with their, even with their end of the year slog that they've got, cause credit, they still got to play Jacksonville. You know, they still have them to play. They got Columbus to play still, you know, those are winnable games right now for them that, that everything's on the table, I, quite frankly. So I wouldn't want to risk it. You know, I still, I think gunslingers could run the table with this just the way they're playing. I mean, think about it. They only lost by a final game winning possession in Jacksonville just a few weeks prior to agree. Yeah. You know, and for Albany, I mean, credit last contest, you're going to San Antonio and sure. Some, some calls don't go your way, but you still got you for the majority of that contest kind of got boat raced out of Freeman Coliseum and lackadaisically got your way back down to one score. Mm-hmm. Um, they did change up their offense this week uh, or this past week. Uh, it is going to be a different looking Albany Empire team, I imagine, going to San Antonio. They are going to play differently. Um, question is, are the gunslingers going to prepare for that? Have they watched that tape thoroughly? I bet they have. But like, will they be able to adjust to kind of that hybrid arena indoor foot and it slash indoor football system that they are running right now in Albany with the RPO and you're setting up Trayvon shorts for runs, you're doing jet sweeps more often are you going to be able to match that speed and that misdirection? That's what we'll find out. I just think to me, San Antonio walks away with this because they can keep up with that offense. You know, it's right now firing on all cylinders is how I see it. You're picking the gunslinger. Yes, I am. All right. I'm going with San Antonio this week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I am an individual who has the swerves. I'm in my history of doing swerves on the NFL show. Steering wheel held tight. 
And like, you'll think I'm going one way and I'll swerve around, but oh, wait, no, I'm actually going in that exact way I was talking about. That's why I am. I, it's, a, it's inspirations I get from Lee Corso, Sunshine Scooter. You know, I just don't have <laughs> yes, helmets or, yes. you know, a mascot head to put on. Two big keys. Cisse, McCag. Not playing. Suspended because of unsportsmanlike conduct. Penalties. Huge for Albany. Sam Castronova finally found himself last week again. He finally distributed the ball equally to his receivers, not just looking at Darius Prince. Again, I do think coaches listen to our show and kind of realize, oh, yeah, we are throwing the ball to Prince 99.9% of the time. So game plans adjusting. San Antonio is thriving and vibing. They're doing the gritty, whatever the thing. What's the new hip thing going on? <laughs> I, I think know gritty's the still it. but Okay, so the breakfast tacos are grilling. The beer is flowing. The guns are shooting at the gun range, Freeman Coliseum, whatever. Okay. The key to this game has nothing to do with the San Antonio gunslingers. Hmm. The key to this game comes down to one individual and one individual only, Sam Castronova. If Sam plays like he did last week, like he did against a very good Columbus team and doesn't make that mistake like he did against San Antonio the first time where he missed the first half, he first quarter, he was bad. They made the switch to try and get energy back. Warren Smith did a little bit, but it wasn't enough. That's the key of the game. Does Albany and Sam Castronova have what it takes to win it. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, fans. I'm going to tick off another fan base because that's what I do. That's what I am. I am Jim Renier. I'm the host of the Inside Walls podcast. You know what? Albany, Sam Castronova, and everyone up in Albany, bang, bang, San Antonio with the upset. Hey. Told you, I swerve. Um, <laughs> prove me wrong, San Antonio. Prove me wrong, Albany. Right now, San Antonio is on fire. They're hot. They should have won four in a row. They should have beat Jacksonville with four seconds of the clock. It's like Nick Saban. There's still one second left on the clock, then the kick six happened. Um, but yes, if Sam Castronova plays like he did against Columbus, Albany can win this game. But when I look at San Antonio, and I smell the breakfast tacos, and I see the beer, and I see the guns, and I see the horses, the energy, the vibe, and the gritty, whatever they do in San Antonio, whatever, keep doing it. It's doing well. It's working. It's working. San Antonio is the two, San Antonio is literally the 2021 Orlando Predators this season. Shaky start, flip the season on his back, and let's roll. That's who they are. They get a big win and a series win over Albany, and San Antonio finds a way to get into the postseason to be one of those seeds that you don't want to play in the first round of the playoffs. So I got San Antonio, and again, another close affair between the Albany Empire. Um, what they say about the uh, gunslingers, guns up, bang, bang. I think that's what they do. I don't know, mm -hmm. but yeah. It's guns uh, up. It's definitely uh, guns, guns up. Guns up. Okay, so yeah, that I have them with the win. Um, again, Albany. 
prove that you can win in San Antonio is like I am with Jacksonville going to Columbus. I'm not picking Jacksonville until they prove to me that they can win to Columbus. That's how I am. And now, same way. Columbus, show me that you can win in Albany. I'm not going to pick you to be <laughs> Albany ever again. Prove it to me. So, Albany fans, Albany, Coach Manos, prove it. And if you do it, you might give me, you might have me pick you guys in the final week of the season. But right now, San Antonio is just on fire. And I, I, I got to go with what they say, the hot gun. Well, and what could be a rowdier crowd even than, previous ma- than their previous matchup, too? It's military appreciation night for the Gunslingers of Freeman Coliseum. Free, vets get July in for weekend. free for the July weekend as well. Um, first 500 people get custom military-style uh, Gunslingers jerseys, by the way. Right. When you go to that contest, so uh, yeah, there might be a, it might be a good house. I mean, they've been getting they've been getting promotions to get people out there. Um, and I would after what after last game's turnout, I mean, I wouldn't put it past me. You're going to see at least a, a similar setup where you're getting a good chunk of that stadium rocking again out there. The attendance each week is getting bigger in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So for for just me and you stepping away from our predictions, we look at San Antonio and go. Let this ownership group have a whole offseason. Oh, yes. And what, oh, yes. And, what, and what would this team look like next year? Um, that's one thing I'm looking forward to is actually having a chance to get the ownership on the podcast this offseason, talking about their future plans and what the team's doing as we prepare for a 2023 season. Um, but right now, everything, the stock is going up. Like inflation in the United States, San Antonio is inflating with some numbers and they're doing very well Ooh. in a positive way, not in a negative way. Oh, course. no, no, no. I'm, that one just hit me for hit me really. What the pot? What the inflationary? No, the inf- just the inflation <laughs> comment. It's going up like inflation. Yeah, it's going up like inflation. Oh, okay. Every time, I go, every time I go, everybody who listens to our show or watches Ooh. our show, go. We look, we know, we drive the gas station and go, you know what? I should have filled up last night because it was 20 cents cheaper last night. Yeah, I mean, I had to pay $78 to fill up uh, my 16-gallon Camry tank. just to, And I got to drive that thing to, to Canton, Ohio for a different show that I'm probably, honestly, after as you're maybe watching this, I might be on the road to Canton, Ohio right now. Just keep mm-hmm. that in mind, people. I might be on the road right and now. And Zach, if you're, if you're listening to the show right now, do not go to that fast food joint. Go to the next exit to the left. That one's the one to go to. All right. So don't Got go to McDonald's. It. Go to Crystal's or go to Burger King or Carl's Jr. or Jack in the Box, whatever. Oh, Jingles. I don't know what territory it's up there. So I wish there was a Crystal's in Ohio. I, <laughs> or at least, I mean, we have White Castle up here. So, like, there's that too. It's, it's north, you know, it's northern Crystal. That's how far is Tim Hortons for me? Is there in Tim Hortons? Uh, there are area? Tim Hortons. There are, uh, there's actually two of them I know of in Columbus. So uh-huh. I got to drive, I got to drive the way I a little side swerve on how I do this. So Indianapolis, you drive I 70, you go through Dayton, Ohio, you go to Columbus, you basically bounce Northeast up towards Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And then you cut just Eastward before you go to Cleveland. Then you hit Canton, Ohio. Canton's basically an hour south of Cleveland. So you go directly to, south. So you can go to Tim Hortons and get some poutine and some coffee. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm shoot, man. I might, I might get, I might get something on the way down. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, there's yes. For those on here, yeah, there's Tim Hortons in Ohio. Just, just keep yeah. that in mind. Just keep that in mind. If you ever, you ever in Ohio, you know, who knows? Any Ohio? We finally got Bucky's. Yay. 
<laughs> yes, Bucky. <laughs> we we finally got Bucky's down here. Yes, Bucky's the apparently I, I the best brisket. Be a, I didn't expect this to be a fast food five seconds, but comment anyway. below what is your favorite thing at Bucky's? Literally, their freaking brisket sandwich is legit. Just I saying, San, San Antonio people, I know you what you're talking. Swear. I know, I know you. Uh, this is like a God's gift. Like here, here's Bucky's. Where you can get brisket from a gas station, like seriously, like it's better than the local barbecue places here, and that's—I don't think that's sad. I think that's—I don't know. That's gonna be it. We want to go eat for dinner. We're going Bucky's, the gas station. <laughs> I'm changing the track back to our normal route <laughs> as we're gonna talk on our next Saturday matchup. Gas station brisket. I'm gonna. I'll try. Oh, someday. Carolina. So we're gonna talk about Bojangles now. Okay, let's. Yes, go. I guess we. <laughs> yes, we are. The Columbus Lions are traveling a little north to face off against the Carolina Cobras. For those who remember the first matchup uh, that they had, these two they visited in the Civic Center a few weeks back. Um, Carolina, as we learned later, had traveled with a little light on, little light on a team in terms of uh, some that didn't come along, coaching staff with illness. Um, mm-hmm. How, uh, no, nonetheless. Columbus came out of the gate. Daniel Smith showed up to play. Uh, it was his first game. First game. First game. First game. He had started. So he came out of the gate, made his presence known. They ran Carolina out of the building 55 to 28. And now they get together. Uh, Carolina, you're facing the same Lions team, but uh, they're bringing a different team here. Again, Jonathan Bain, that injury loomed large over this week. Um, and again, Nothing confirmed, but it you have to safely bet Malik Henry's got to be put in here this week. Um, yeah, Bain's injury was kind of ugly, and you know, everything we've gotten doesn't sound like that. It's there's a confidence that he's going to be behind center at all. So, we're evaluating this as if Malik Henry's starting, is what we're telling you right now. Um, that being said, Cobras do get to go home, so they'll have the mm-hmm. home team on their side. You want to have some comfortable atmosphere when you're starting back when you get that started, especially when you have a new roster to play with and new people to get in sync with all of a sudden. Um, as you talked, arena concepts generally across the board. If you're doing straight arena football, pretty similar team to team at times, depending on what you can run. Uh, just all depends on decision making as well as uh, situational awareness on said play calling for those systems. Uh, the Cobras do have the weapons that Millie Henry can take advantage of. Depends on how he, you know, manages and throws to the said weapons, who he throws to. You know, it's a fully healthy secondary right now for the most part. You know, DJ Myers, Kendrick Gings, fully out there, fully able to make him to cause an impact. Kendrick Gings, of course, being a Iron Man of the Week two weeks prior, as we know, very versatile. Um, and then defensively, here's the thing that Carolina scares me with defensively. It's it hasn't been able to get stops in recent weeks. Um, that was pretty prevalent against San Antonio. Um, you can even look at Albany. Albany was right in that contest till the thick of it at, at the end. Um, lately, they've relied a lot on Jonathan Bain to kind of will them to victory. I'm kind of wondering, you know, does Malik Henry, and I'll give this to you first to pick, does Malik Henry give them enough to kind of play the ball that they want to play right now? Do they? Does he? He is a viable weapon that Carolina can use to help get their main guys, Summers, Ings, Lance, um, and Joe Powell and everyone else on the team on the ball. 
Um, but getting thrown into the system so quickly, like that's going to happen. Uh, there's going to be a, a learning curve into the system. It just depends on how long Malik Henry has actually been on site up there in Carolina. Um, for overall, is it going to be enough to beat Columbus this week? I don't think so. I think it's going to be a, a, a drawn-out game. Uh, I think Columbus's defense is going to be too overwhelming again. I just think that Columbus defense, it just seems unique. But if you go back in the history of the NEL to the beginning of the NEL, a Coach Rezanalo team has not beaten a Jason Gibson team. Mm. Um, and right now, I cannot pick Carolina to beat a Jason Gibson team until Carolina or Rezanalo proves that he can beat a Jason Gibson team. Um, and that's why I take advantage is maybe because Gibson, Gibson has more of experience with the team or he just knows how he just matches up very well against a Rezanalo team. Sure. Um, but overall, the players' situation, uh, Columbus has shut down Malik Henry, and Columbus has been blown out by Malik Henry. Uh, this is a very t- toss-up game, but right now, because of what happened with Jonathan Bain, um, Malik Henry is just not going to step in. This offense is going to keep its click clicking as it uh, as it did before. Um, is it is it a downgrade? Not that bad. It's a you know, it's a like step down. He's not. Um, he definitely he is not what you like to call the MVP, but a lot of people are not mentioning this. You look at Carolina right now, looks like the former Jacksonville Sharks, but also the Frisco Fighters because of Bain and Malik Henry played for Fighters last season. Uh, so I think Bain may have recruited Malik Henry to Carolina too. So, and I guarantee it'd be a very easier transition between two because the familiarity between those two players, but right now, go ahead, go, go. Well, and I think you bring up a good point. That's why I'm kind of giving you that look, you know, you, you know what I'm saying is doing there yeah. because even though Jonathan Bain might be sitting down for unannounced duration of time, value as a coach having that system. Cause I mean, I mean, we had both Bain and Rez on at the same time. These mm-hmm. guys are hand in hand. So they, they know what they want to do. So, right getting Malik as comfortable as possible as quickly as possible is, can make or break what they want to do to, for the end of this regular season, what they might have to do in the playoffs too. Again, we don't know the extent of Bain's injury. So that point I thought was great. That is, uh, that is crucial. Something I don't think we always think about with injured players. They still can contribute as coaching right. and Jonathan Bain's very capable of doing that. He's, he's made that very clear to us. And Jonathan Dane has already done that, especially with the Jacksonville Sharks because him and Mike Faithful. He, when he got hurt, Faithful went in, and Bain was still there coaching Faithful up, and that's when Jacksonville in 2019 went on that incredible run to win the title. Mm-hmm. Um, Bain is – he may not look like a coach, but when you see what he's done in Maine and, and Frisco and in Jacksonville, and now what you're going to see in Carolina, you'll be amazed at how he can really teach either his backup quarterback or, in this case, Malik Henry, the offense. And, yes, I don't – let's say – the next matchup between Columbus may be a different story because it'll be a couple of weeks um, unless the uh, bank comes back from his injuries, but um, they got Malik in because of familiarity with him and Bain. And I guarantee it'd be an easier transition. That's a forgetting guy that hasn't played either in Resinalo system 
or he's even played with Bain. So it's a, a strategic move, but you see where the connections are between uh, Bain and, and Henry from their past. And you see where Reznal is trying to do. And I don't have connections. I don't have sources. Well, we have connections, but we don't have sources on this. I think Carolina is going to try to find their way to get win a game, to clinch a playoff spot so they can start resting players. I think because Jacksonville and Carolina are the two teams that haven't had a bye week. And the faster you can clinch a postseason berth and you can rest a couple players for a week here and a week there for the playoffs will be a beneficial come August. Um, so that, I'm not saying that that's what a coach's mentality, but sometimes coaches sure. think about that. Even Mount Manoff said that last year about uh, trying to, you know, we, when we wrapped up a position where we're going to rest players against Jacksonville, which he kind of did. He said, once we got a big enough lead, we would do that. Uh, for, Car- for Carolina, clinching the playoff spot gives them a chance to rest players for next week or the week after, whatever, um, for them to get prepared. Because one of two teams that have a bye week this year, and Carolina may have the benefit of the doubt of getting that win and clinching so they can do that. But again, Malik Henry is a big asset. I think to the Carolina fans out there, just word of warning, he doesn't throw the check down route. He will always throw deep. Just right. word of warning. But when he does throw the check down route, he is he has the talent of being an elite quarterback in the arena game. Not bashing the kid. He's 10, he's 100 times better than me playing football. I played D line in high school, and that's the highest ever I got. So, um, but yeah, he has the talent. And we, I've seen plays when he played with Jacksonville, he has the rocket, he, he can zip it there. Um, but overall, for me, like I've said before, it's Resnalo's system against Jason Gibson's system. And I can't bet against Jason Gibson in this matchup because Resnalo has not beaten a Gibson team yet that I know of. Um, but I can confirm this with a couple of our sources, but yeah, I think Gibson gets the edge here and just creates more chaos. Uh, so far I have a San Antonio winning and I have Carolina winning. So technically the muck will get just really into mud. So we won't be no muck. We'll just be mud. Yeah. If you're wanting to continue, <laughs> laugh. if if you're the type of fan, those listening, if you're the type of guy that wants to sit in the background maniacally laughing, we're going good, very yeah. good. That's yeah. what you're, these are the picks we're uh, going into your fa- into your favor. And I'm, I'm also in the similar vein. Look, I, I do believe Malik Henry has the talent. I've seen game. I've seen the games early in the season where I'm like, Oh dang, you know, dude can put it up and put it and put a perfectly placed football you know, where is needed, you know, and he, and he's stepping in a situation that, you know, not all completely different in terms of talent level, like the sharks. I mean, they have guys across the board that you can throw it up. They can get it and take it down for you if needed. It's just like you said, can he make the necessary steps of, you know, slow down the game. If you have to take the underneath route, do it because there are, you have guys like Kendrick Ings, DJ Myers, Powell, very able to do yards after the catch very effectively. You know, that, that's something that I think really makes an arena team shine is you let your, your star receivers go do work underneath. And when they find those opportunities deep, that's when you make those magical moments. You aren't, you shouldn't be looking for those first. It's just like regular, it's just like a regular outdoor game in that regard where, you know, you want to open the deep passes by getting the short ones that aggravate you know, both the Mac and Jack or any undercutting DBs that are in the secondary, you know, that stuff then forces you to think about shallow routes and then you sucker punch them going deep with maybe the high motion man or someone like that going with a route like that. So 
we'll see if that can progress. He's with, he's with Jonathan Baines or someone like you're talking that can help that. And that I think they can at least work together to stabilize the offense. But I think for this week, putting the guard that it's his first week into this system and that they're getting him up to speed. Um, and that Daniel Smith is getting comfortable more and more each week that Columbus defense is looking to, you know, kind of what kind of uh, lick its chops at getting back to its uh, normal presence. As we talk with Darian Townsend, you know, under 50 points, that's a good night, you know, and a win, of course, you know, you still can hold them down to f- under 50 and lose. I digress. If you, they want to keep it low, that's their whole game plan. I think they're able to do that this week around. Give me the lions in this one, which again, makes the muck even muckier. And it already is. Jesus. I'm, I'm excited. That. <laughs> it is muck. What is All it? the muck. It's mud. But it's we forgot mud. about the true keys of the game between these two teams. And it's very deep in Southern history and tradition. It's literally the Chick-fil-A versus. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> We're back on sorry. food. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. We were talking about <laughs> Bucky's and now. Yeah. But anyways. All the oh, way. Yeah. All the way back. <laughs> all the way back. All the way back. Um, in. <laughs> um not a sponsor, uh non-sponsor. Not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> we're not yeah. like other podcasts that throw sponsors out there that we have no association. We're not gonna be <laughs> fined by it, but anyways. We, we can't um, we can't will anything. Here okay, and then that yeah, anyways, that brings us to our Friday contest. And you know what? We've undertalked this to this point, but um, you know, we have we have men- we have uh, mentioned un- unofficially, I guess, credit, but still, postings are out there. Uh, and now, Rakeem Cato is suspended indefinitely by the Orlando Predators. So, you have a team that is hosting the Sharks this time around. By the way, it's if it feels like de- deja vu, it is deja vu. They've been playing a lot together lately. Um, kind of makes you wonder how tempers are calmed, maybe, or kept in check after last contest. Um, Nonetheless, the the Predators, at least, QB situation that is a little uncertain for me to gauge right now, but here's a little fascinating nugget, and this is, unless I'm dead wrong, and I did a, we did an extensive check into this that we're looking at. Breaking news um, from inside walls. <laughs> at least if, yeah, if we're looking at the transactions page and going, oh, geez, this is fascinating. So we, so first off, this Jeremy Richardson, by the way, in Albany, he's coming off his coaching staff to play. He's, he's suiting up. He's going to be suiting up as a fullback linebacker. We have a second individual that is doing this in the league too. Uh, Jabari Dunham, who is the Predators receiving coach, by the way. He also played quarterback. And if this is a different Jabari Dunham, this will be a completely ridiculous circumstance. But Jabari Dunham... And it's also the same university, which is why I'm saying this to Bethune Cookman University, BCC, as Jim has put it. He is suiting up, too, as a quarterback for the Orlando Predators, which the Predators also re-signed Matt Parsons. They also have signed on B.J. Hall. I have no idea what this QB room is going to look like come come tonight. I have no idea what they're going to throw. If I had to guess, based on experience already, and your receivers, I'm leaning towards Jabari Dunham. But that's just a somewhat educated guess on the fly. Because without Rakeem Cato there, it's kind of now out of what it's a little wackadoo kind of just predicting what you're going to have happen with Orlando. They're already inconsistent as it is this year. They haven't been able to finish games. Now you got 
now we've got to worry about three different QBs we might be talking on the roster. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of interesting, it really is. But let's let's put some positivity into this again. Sure, sure. I can't, can't um, all be negative. Jacksonville is on the verge of sweeping the Orlando Predators for the first time in the NAL existence. By the oh. way, um, I don't count one game against them in 2018 as a sweep. Like, oh yeah, you gotta you gotta at least two if you're gonna do a sweep. It's gotta be two. It's gotta be two. Um, but I've been hearing some positive vibes out of Jacksonville with a certain receiver that's been. Missing the action the past couple of weeks. Heard some positive things. Ooh. Not going to confirm it. Not going okay. to not. Okay. I've heard. I have had bird tweets tweet at me. Um, but yeah. this game, it. No one saw it during the game. Who was watching on YouTube because they didn't show it. Um, but Orlando did have a player Murray uh, swing or slap another player after the end of the game and resulted in him getting suspended for this game. So Orlando is without. Cato without Murray, without key components of this team, with a team that's trajectory is going the opposite direction that was what we thought a couple of weeks ago. Um, it seems like Orlando's in a tailspin right now, and they're trying to find a way to stay afloat. And now they're at what we like to call elimination. They're mm-hmm. on the line. This is do or die for them. They lose this game, the season's over, and they just become spoilers, which spoilers are very dangerous teams um, to just tell you. But you look at this matchup and you look at this game. Jacksonville has won five in the last seven. Jacksonville has basically outscored all their opponents. Or, of course, you, you score more points than your opponent to win the game. Thank you, John Madden. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching them against Orlando in both games they've played against Orlando, it's been deja vu-ish, reversal-ish. Um, and I look, yeah, Orlando ticket sales are going good from what the pre-sales I see. Uh, it's going to be a hostile environment, but I just can't look at Orlando and go, they're mentally there. I just don't think they are. They don't have – Cato's a big blow to him. I don't care who you have a quarterback. A guy's been in your system all year, and all of a sudden he leaves and you throw – try and makeshift throws him back up in against a Jacksonville team who's on fire with the two quarterbacks who are possibly the two best quarterbacks in the league. One of them is the backup and one of them is Arvell Nelson. Um, yes, I did say that. And, but for the Jacksonville Sharks, the key to this situation, key to this game is bring the same mentality you did in the first two games against Orlando. You do that, you win this game again. Because Orlando has not shown me or you, Zach, that they can be consistent for four quarters. Jacksonville showed that they can be consistent for four quarters. They had to against San Antonio a couple weeks ago. They yep. had to play literally all four quarters to beat the San Antonio Gunslingers. Um, if they would have won, if um, uh, if they would have held on or came back and beat, which we've heard of me a couple of weeks ago about them loss in Columbus, if they would have held on and won that, they would have won uh, six out of their last seven games, and that's a that's impressive to do for the Sharks and how they started the season. Uh, they're just a different team right now, and Jacksonville is in the point where they're right there at that four and the three line. And if stuff happens in the season, the game this week, well, I think my predictions think with a Jacksonville win, they could jump them from the four seed to the two seed and only being half the game behind Columbus. Yeah, Columbus has a tiebreaker, of course. But it puts a situation where Shark fans are looking at the scoreboard and say, who's Columbus playing this week? Oh, they're playing Carolina. Oh, mm. all right. We're playing who? Oh, we're playing uh, Orlando. Oh, maybe this is the week that we will we'll go to number one. 
Um, I like the Sharks in this game because right now they're just a better team, and they've shown it over the last seven weeks that they are one of the hottest teams in the league. And if the ball bounced a certain way in those two losses they had this so far in the last um, last seven-game stretch, this team's six and four right now, yeah. uh, seven, five and five, possibly seven and three, basically how they perform um, this season. Remember, they lost to Albany by one point. They lost in the last possession against Columbus. They uh they lost in the last possessions against or, uh, Carolina the first time. So this team is like we say when they were zero three. They're the best zero three team in the league because they lost one possession games. That's this right. Jacksonville is very consistent. Could been could be right now eight and two, seven and three, and at worst they're five and five. But still, uh, I like Jacksonville's. They were as each week has been going. I'm working for confident that this team is a definitely the playoff team. And if you talk to a lot of Shark fans out there. Um, a lot of Shark fans believe that they're the team to beat. They're the team that might be the last one standing because currently they're the healthiest, but they've had their core together the longest now with all the turmoil that's happened around the league. So, but in this game right here, uh, Orlando, I just can't pick you guys in this one. You've shown me two inconsistent uh, inconsistencies against the Sharks' last two meetings. Yes, it's in your confines. Yes, it's in your building. Beautiful Amway Arena. Oh, I still think it's the nicest arena in the league. Um, of course, is the NBA arena, so you expect the right. NBA arena to be nice. Um, but I like Jacksonville in this game, and I think it's going to be deja vu again, like we saw the previous two games. Either Orlando stays stays toe to toe with Jacksonville in the first half, and Jacksonville pulls away, or Jacksonville pulls away, and Orlando comes back. But I do want to hear the famous phrase, "Ain't that right, Donnie?" A oh, couple yeah. times on tonight, and I definitely would get that. But I like the Sharks oh. here. Again, deja vu from the other two games. I think it's just Sharks will have just too much talent and they'll win the game here, possibly two two scores. But I like the Sharks in this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm the same way. I'm just going to lay it flat out. Um, I think with Rakeem Cato's now status of being suspended indefinitely added into this, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know he's even had his up and down moments in, in these in last two or three weeks he's played, but that was kind of a driving force for you offensively. Um, and, and I think it's just, I'm, I'm a little uncertain on the QB situation as to who will step in and replace that production right out of the bat. Like I said, maybe Jabari Dunham because he's already there, you know, that yeah. coach's mindset, he knows his receivers and it may be better in that case, you know, cause he coaches them up every week so possibly i just don't know how game ready he is so that's just from what we can go off of that side um and again if we want to even go farther um orlando's defense you know it's had moments it's got statistical leaders across the board you know like freddie booth lloyd you know we got of course of uh josh jenkins who's been killing it uh i got randall out there who's been killing it and is leading interceptions in the league too so they have statistically a defense that you would think is dominating all in all facets, but uh, truth is it hasn't fully caught up. You know, it still has lapses during games offensively has been more the case lately where it'll take the, the offense will take a quarter to a half off. It feels mm-hmm. like, and it just will fully flat out stall. So I don't know what else can be provided here. Um, Jack, I mean, Orlando is going to have to find the best, best version of themselves they can be right now, because I think Jacksonville does walk away with a clean, three-game sweep of the Predators in Orlando this time around um, and solidifies again that they're it's up and up right now um, and that 
you know, showing that, yeah, we've been playing at a top level all year still, you know, I, I don't see it going a different way. Uh, and, and Hey, if it surprises me, that'll be one of the best Wednesday rewinds we have all year talking about Orlando, because seriously, I am not, I'm kind of expect, I'm not really sure what to expect with the Preds at this moment, but I'm not expecting a better scenario than with Rakeem Cato. That that's me laying everything out on the table for you right now. I am a, I, I'm a rung of below my feelings on this team right now without Rakeem Cato in that roster. I perfectly agree with you. Perfectly. Uh, I absolutely agree with you. Perfectly. Really perfectly? What's perfectly? Do you perfectly Whatever. agree with me? Is every every facet of this argument it just lines up? It's all connecting? The dots, they're there? Ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> just ignore me. Well, well, folks, look, I, we hope you enjoy week 11 because, I, look, it's going to be nuts still. You know, we, we keep saying, we keep pounding the chaos, the parody. It's going to, the trends should continue. I, I, as we say, we're saying, I don't, we don't see that not happening. You know, factors that have been out of, that are out of fate, out of our control. They just keep to keep, they seem to keep pushing the league more into the center to where someone's going to have to reach out from the depths of the muck and pry themselves into the, into the top banister that is the playoff race. Yeah. Grab that, grab that theoretical playoff ladder. You know what I'm saying? Climb on out. Yeah, sometimes the ladder goes to a destination you don't want to go to, especially if you are a top team and may fall off of it. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, the but muck yeah, is fo- the muck. So yeah, but yeah, folks, enjoy enjoy the muck. Enjoy the enjoy week eleven slate. We're definitely going to be watching. I will definitely do my best to watch over this weekend going to Canton. Um, you know, I'll be ready for those shows. I'm just saying. You know, I still got some time. You know, we'll get we'll we'll knock these out. I'm excited, even even with my other adventures in football. Which actually, hey, I say talk about football. I'm going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, it'll take a few picks of some AFL gear out there for you guys. Share that around social, especially the shark jersey of Aaron Garcia. Oh yes, yes, I will be looking for that. Absolutely. Well. Folks, be sure to follow us on social media at InWallsPod if you want on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Again, that is at InWallsPod. Also, be sure to subscribe. Yeah, follow the pod. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Go to our socials. Check us out. We post all the time. Jim makes amazing graphics on our social pages. Uh I think they're amazing. Uh, I'm going to be my co-host's hype man. What are you kidding? Got to hype it up. Hyping you up, doing it right now. <laughs> Go check us out for that for that stuff. By the way, if you're listening on the podcast and you want to see our ugly or if you don't think they're ugly, pretty mugs, you can go over to our YouTube channel, subscribe to there, click the bell because it builds morale. You're gonna feel good about it afterwards. I'm telling you right now. Uh, you know, be sure to follow us on there, subscribe to our channel. Um, and folks, thanks again for the support. It's been a great season so far. We still, still more to come. That's what's nuts, you know, but so far so good. We keep on moving on up as we say until next time, everybody. And as we have to say on the show, we can't leave a show without it. Remember this one crucial, important thing. When you're heading down to Orlando, make sure to stop at Bucky's and also don't be a jackass. <laughs> I'm going to try that brisket someday, Jim, I swear. Oh, 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 not a sponsor. <laughs> not a sponsor. <laughs> until, until next week, catch you on the, on the Wednesday <laughs> Rewind for Week 11. Stay tuned. See you later, folks. <laughs>